Iowa everywhere. John Miller is back with reaction from this week's game. Only on Iowa Everywhere. From the Channel Seat Studios, it's Hawkeye Sundays. Hawkeye Reaction 2014 Iowa Beach Purdue on Saturday, October the 7th, 2023. I'm John Miller for the Iowa Everywhere Network. Always appreciate you listening to this and every one of the podcasts on the network. Ooh, um, wasn't pretty, but I don't think we're going to get pretty at any point in time this year. The only thing pretty about it, uh, primarily, I shouldn't say the only thing, one of the primary things that was pretty about it was the final score in Iowa's favor, even though the game was still in doubt down to the last possession uh, by Purdue. Iowa finding just enough, Deacon Hill being effective enough, I guess, when it counted, we ought to change his name to Dave Kingman, the former Chicago Cubs baseball player who either struck out or he hit long home runs. Deacon likes the long ball, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, had a couple of long completions uh, in this game. And okay, that was great. Eric All, 33-yard touchdown. I shouldn't say a couple of long completions, a couple of really nice throws that perpetuated drives and also led to sports. there were six completions in this game, as I said. Caleb Johnson with one and Eric Hall with five. And there were no other receptions uh, in this game. So another game where wide receivers didn't figure into the stat line. Although still having trouble, trouble with drops. There's a couple of two, three drops in this game. Yes, Deacon Hill only knows how to use the fastball, it seems like. And again, that's why things just aren't going to be pretty the rest of the way. Caleb Johnson back in for the first time since the Iowa State game. 17 rushes, 134 yards. He had a touchdown run of 67 yards in the first quarter. He also had a long run, 33 yards in the second half. 100 yards on those two carries. That means he had 15 carries for 34 yards the rest of the way. But he, those still count. Average is 7.9 yards per carry. And, you know, total offense in this game for Iowa, 291. It's higher than their season average to this date. Uh, Purdue, 357. 110 yards passing for Iowa, 247 for Purdue. Uh, Card, the quarterback for Purdue, 40 passing attempts, 25 completions. And, man, did that guy take an absolute beating. 21 first downs for Purdue to Iowa's 12. Um, 181 yards rushing for Iowa. That is very uh, a very positive sign. Third downs, Iowa just 3 of 13, Purdue 9 of 19. Purdue ran 80 plays to Iowa's 56, which led to a 35-28 to 24-32 time of possession advantage for the Boilermakers. Iowa's average yards per play, 5.2 to 4.5 for Purdue. Iowa's average yards per completion, though, 18.3. That's going to get it done. Oh, yeah, that'll, that'll get it done. Um, sacks, Iowa with six sacks. That was something coming into this game Iowa really needed to to have. Uh, I saw a statistic on Twitter this week. I can't remember who posted it, but the first five quarterbacks that Iowa played, those all those quarterbacks, when you combine their average time before snap to release, Iowa was facing a lot of get-it-out-quickly style quarterbacks through these first five games. Uh, Purdue and Card, they were, I think, 14th slowest from snap to release. So you felt like Iowa had a chance to get some 
some sacks today. They did. Six sacks for Iowa. I wouldn't say that the defense looked like a havoc-wreaking machine. There were a number of incredibly clean pockets and four-second clean pockets for Purdue. But Iowa secondary did a really good job uh, in this game uh, as well. Um, Twelve total tackles for loss for Iowa. On the defensive side of things, Jay Higgins leading the way with 12 tackles, two solos, and an interception for the Hawkeyes over on special teams. Wasn't the best day for special teams. Iowa had one field goal blocked um, and then a missed 44-yarder missed badly to the right in the fourth quarter. Um, Iowa on punting. Torrey Taylor, six punts, an average of 47.3. 61 was his long. It was his first punt of the day. Going into a few other statistics that we like to look at, like uh, first downs and things, like first down yards to gain. I was uh, third down average distance to go was 7.6. It's not good. Purdue, 7.8. That is good if you're the defense uh, there. Um, Iowa's first down efficiency, they ran 25 first down plays. They gained 203 yards on first downs. So over two-thirds of Iowa's total yards in this game came on 25 plays, 25 first down uh, plays. Iowa's average gain on first down, 8.1 yards. They ran it 18 times on first down for 157 yards, and they threw it six times on first downs, two of six, 46 yards. So some of those numbers look good. But, I mean, really, it's more than just the stat line for Iowa right now. And this isn't going to be a long podcast. The last two have been over 20 minutes. I mean, we all watched that game. Um, It wasn't pretty. You know, there was an instance in the game where Brian Ferentz down, I think at the five-yard line or something like that after, uh, was it after a Cooper DeGene interception return that nearly went to the house? And Iowa called a tackle-eligible screen to Mason Richmond. I was starting left tackle number 78. Now, I haven't seen Mason catch passes. I haven't seen Mason run with the football. Potentially, he does really well with those things. But if you're going to call a tackle-eligible screen, first, you need to be really confident that the offensive lineman will catch it. Then you need to be confident it will be blocked up successfully. Then you need to be confident that that offensive lineman who's wearing double knee braces Um, and who was almost a game-time scratch in this game, that he can catch that ball and run it into the end zone. Well, we're never going to know because the pass was batted down and it didn't get to Richmond. But, I mean, we're at the point in time against a really bad Purdue football team when um, the tackle-eligible screenplay is in the playbook. And I had some people at Twitter say, hey, John, if he would have caught it, it would have been an easy touchdown. And you know what? If he would have caught it and scored a touchdown, I would like to still think my opinion would be similar in that, wow, we're calling tackle-eligible screenplays. That's how deep we are with this offense, with this offensive crisis that's been going on for a couple of years now uh, at this, you know, emergency level. I mean, I'm not saying that Iowa's offense has been putting up records during the Ferentz era because it hasn't. But these last two years, it's been abysmal. It's, it's absolutely been abysmal. But, you know, it didn't happen. And uh, Iowa still hangs on to win. Um, I, I don't think that 
that type of quarterback play is going to translate into any possibility of winning next week in Madison. And if the betting line comes out on Sunday, as you're listening to this, probably on Sunday, and Wisconsin is anywhere near a single digit favorite, like nine and a half, even minus nine and a half, it's going to get a lot of my attention to bet on Wisconsin. And I don't like doing that. And maybe, you know what, maybe I'll just stay away from this, this game this week because I don't, I don't like making wagers that leads me to root with my wallet against Iowa. So if I do it, it'll be part of a parlay that's a $10 bet that if I lose it, I won't care. But I, I'm not confident in, uh, in Iowa's chances when they play Wisconsin next week. I am concerned that it will be a 40 to 20 time of possession type of game. Uh, I'm concerned that there'll be multiple turnovers from the arm of Deacon Hill. Um, that was probably the, the last time I'd seen an Iowa quarterback be that off on that many throws, meaning like the ball isn't even within 15 yards. It's probably going back to 2007 when Jake Christensen was quarterback for Iowa. And Jake, I'm sorry you're catching a stray here, and it wasn't all your fault because that offensive line was not good. But that's the last time I can recall that. Some of you are going to say, well, Spencer Petra. I don't remember Spencer being that far off the intended target that many times in the same game. And also balls coming out of his hand that were just dying ducks in the air. Whew. Man, that... uh, that is not – it doesn't create a lot, instill a lot of confidence for next week. So I've already kind of told you about that. You know what? I'll let you get to your Sunday. Enjoy your families. We will talk to you later this week. All right. We now welcome into the Channel Seed Studios, Chad Winterbore. This is Hawkeye Sunday presented by Keller Manufacturing from the Channel Seed Studios. Chad, what did you think of the Hawkeyes yesterday? Well, the most important thing, obviously, is they got the win. Um, the thing that obviously sticks out the most is is Deacon Hill's play. Um, I I don't know what you do about that. I mean, to only be six of twenty one with a touchdown or an interception, a, a QBR rating of two. That's that's rough. I mean, he is very lucky. Caleb Johnson came back and 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 ran the ball well. Um, but yeah, that, that was just a typical Hawkeye defense played phenomenal. They got enough out of the running game. They got the lead. And once they got the lead, they're able to hang on. So what do you do with Deacon Hill from here on out? Boy, that's a great question. (laughs) I mean, he only completed passes to two, two guys, Eric all and Caleb Johnson's five to Eric all one to Caleb Johnson. I don't know if you've got a, have short passes um, to be able to increase that completion percentage. But then again, he throws the ball so hard um, that that doesn't seem tremendously conducive to, to the short passing game. Uh, I, I don't know, Aiden. I don't know what the answer is, um, but that's going to have to get better. You, you can't go up against a Wisconsin and, and get behind and have to throw the ball a lot if these are going to be the type of stats Deacon's going to put up. So um, Brian is going to have to figure something out because you're not going to be able to win games against good teams if if you're going to be throwing the ball like this. Absolutely. So Iowa heads up to Madison next weekend. 
A lot of people think that this is going to determine the, the win of the Big Ten West this year. How do you feel about Iowa's chances next week? Yeah, I mean, clearly this is probably a game that you would have to guess they're probably not going to win. Um, but with that defense and special teams, you just never know. If they if they really can run the ball extremely well, maybe that, that can keep them in it. Um, but again, the fear for me is if Wisconsin gets ahead, um, I was just not built. They're normally not ever built to be a team that can come back really easily. But uh, if Deacon's going to struggle throwing the ball like this, you have to assume that this is going to be a rough game, but I agree. I mean, with Iowa's schedule, this probably is the game that decides it. Uh, they probably continue to find ways to eke out wins against uh, some of the, the tougher competition in the in the conference. Uh, so yeah, this is a huge game, and and maybe it comes down to turnovers. If Deacon Hill can at least not turn the ball over and just manage the game and let the running running attack do its thing. Uh, maybe they've got a chance, but it's going to be a tough one at, at Wisconsin. All right, Chad, now you need to get going out in the fields. Any last thoughts? No, I just think it's going to be really interesting to see what they figure out with this passing game because this is not going to cut it. But um, but again, they, they continue to find ways to win games, and, and that's the most important thing. Um, we can be critical every week of the offense, but as long as they continue to win, that's the most important thing. But um, but yeah, it's kind of scary when you look at these passing stats. All right, Chad, thank you for your time as always. This has been Hawkeye Sunday presented by Keller Manufacturing from Channel Seed Studios. We'll see you next time. Iowa everywhere.